You know, Pastor Joe, he shared this yesterday, but that Psalm 133.1, you know, there's just something so profound when God can get men together like this. This is, this is incredible. The worship and, and God moving here. I, I tell you, I, I, I get here uh, Sunday, Sunday night, as soon as I get in the hotel, we meet somebody and we're praying with them and, and, and God is doing work and God is doing ministry. God is doing an incredible work, guys. You know, we just, I just came from a men's conference. We had a men's conference at our church. And yeah, it was woo. It was a lot of woo. But it was just incredible, the speakers and everything. But, but, but God bringing men together. We had over 400 guys. In fact, it touched my heart. There was a group of men from Buffalo. You know, they just uh, went through that, that terrible travesty that went. And somehow, I don't know if the bridge radio gets up there, but they heard about the conference. They drove six hours just to come to that conference. But God did an incredible work. And, you know, as Pastor Joe says, where, where God says, Behold how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And he describes it. And he describes it as the oil coming down, the fire coming down. And then it says in that verse 3, he says, For there the Lord commands his blessing. That's what it says in verse 3. God bestows his blessing. And guys, I really believe God is doing this. You know, it was interesting. Uh, last year, I, 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 I was asked to do the pastor's conference. And uh, uh, again, shock. You're like, come on, you got to be kidding me you know, stunned and everything else. And I, I really said to myself, if I had one message to say to the guys, it was 2 Timothy chapter 4. Pastor Joe was very mean to me. He waited till I was second to last to speak. So you're sitting there, you're going, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't touch 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, you die a thousand deaths. But I was able to share that message. And, and you know the message well. You preach the word in season and out of season. That's what the Lord tells us to do. You convince, you rebuke, you exhort, you convict. That's our calling, guys, as pastors. We preach the word. We're Calvary Chapel pastors. So when Pastor Joe asked me about three months ago, I, I was praying and it wasn't even hard. Like normally I'd be like, all right, Lord, what am I going to share? The Lord impressed upon me the importance of the Holy Spirit. The person, the promise, the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I love about Calvary Chapel was that it is, it is a ministry that is open to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, our verse, our life verse is Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Right, guys? It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by his power, not our power. And you know, it's interesting, for the last two years since COVID, God has been just really working upon my heart, especially about the work of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He really been impressing upon me. In fact, there is a go-to text. In fact, go to it right now. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. You guys know this verse. And listen, I really believe God wants you guys to hear this today. Oh, isn't that a great sound? Man, turning pages of Bible. Oh, God, bring the rapture, Lord. 
Praise the Lord. I'm ready. Isaiah writes to us, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is the word of the Lord right here. God is speaking to us. Notice how it's all capital. Capital S. Spirit. The Spirit. The Lord God. Capital L-O-R-D. Capital G-O-D. Elion. El Shaddai. The Almighty God. He is upon me. He is upon you. In fact, I, I know the text. The text is a prophecy. It's speaking of Jesus. Luke chapter 4. We read there how Jesus begins in his ministry. Actually, just a couple verses uh, before that. 30 years he's living, you know, under the radar. He comes forward. The Spirit of God is upon him. This is my beloved Son. I'm well pleased. Chapter 4, verse 1, he, he begins his ministry. He goes into the wilderness. And I just think it's ironic how when he comes into Nazareth, they bring out the scrolls, and here he opens up this scroll. And he reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. In fact, verse 20 says, Then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say, Today, this scripture is fulfilled from your hearing, on your hearing. Incredible text here. But guys, I want you to know the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is in you. The spirit of God. I'm telling you right here, this text is such a great text to remind you. You have the same spirit as Christ, the same anointing of God. Notice it says there, because the Lord has anointed me. We can all say that. You and I who believe in Christ, you and I who have received the fullness of the Spirit of God, He came into us, the third person of the divine Holy Trinity. And we can say with a surety now, because the Lord has anointed me. And, and, and look at this. Look, it, it gives us here our marching orders, our objective to preach good tidings to the poor, to the brokenhearted to the wounded. They're all around us today. Those who are poor in spirit, those who are, they're, they're about to break. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. I love that. Every time I think of that verse, I think of my years in corrections where I worked as a prison guard. I wasn't in prison, please. I was not in prison for 25 years. I get guys all the time, especially from Philly, Oh, man, how you did 25, I did 30. Leave me alone. No. But I love that. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, I used to love to be able to go into the person's cell and say, pack up your stuff, you're free. God, th guys, this is our message. The opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Today is the day. Today is the day. If you have not come all into Jesus, today's the day, guys. What are you waiting for? The prophecies, everything that's happening, it's, it's shouting out. It's telling us Christ is coming again. And I'm glad there in verse 2, it says, and the day of vengeance of our God, Jesus didn't say that. He skips over that part because he came 
not to condemn the world, but to save the world, guys. He came to save us. Guys like you and I, misfits, he came to save us. And he's coming again to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, those who mourn in America, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I'm telling you, guys, I know at this conference, I've come here many times, and there's times where I think, God, God, did you forget me, Lord? Lord, please, we need your help, God. God is not forgetting. Listen, this is this this. This, con- this conference has just begun, guys. God is still working. God is still moving. Open yourself up. Don't be afraid to, to introduce yourself to other people. This is a great conference. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And this is us, guys, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. I love that. That's our message, guys. But how do we do it? How do we do this? I'm like you. I, I look at this world. I don't recognize this world anymore. I look at what's going on in the world. We're bombarded by these things. Our cities don't look like they used to look. Our homes don't look like the way they used to look. Our schools. You know, you, you, you come and sometimes you think, you look within yourselves, you look at your staff, you look at your finances, you look at your building and you just say, Lord, it is impossible Lord, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this work? God, 28 years ago, coming to this conference, it was a miracle. Those of you who know Mark McPherson, he invited me to this conference. I said, Mark, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I want a pastor. He says, just come to the conference. I come to this conference, and they put me in a room with these three older guys, and we all slept in the same bed. It was very weird. That was Sandy Cove. They all had pajamas. I got underwear. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so I, I, I got up early and I said, man, I'm getting out of this place. This is a nut house. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here, you can't make this up. <laughs> Who sits at my table but Pastor Joe Foch and Bill Gallatin? And Joe just, you know, as he always does, he's just like, what's your problem? I said, what's my problem? I just slept with a guy last night. And, you know, (laughs) so he gets up, he leaves. But Bill Gallatin, who was a prophet, man, where's the guys from Bill's church? Where's Scott? Praise the Lord. I mean, 5.30 this morning, he calls me up. This is a man 28 years ago. He is a, 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 he's huge, Bill. But yet he still calls me and still takes time with me. And he told me, the Lord has impressed upon me, you start the church. And I started the church. And God, I saw the move of the Spirit. I saw God. I I experienced God's Holy Spirit. Especially in those beginning years. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives. Guys, this is our calling. This is our anointing. God has anointed us. In fact, I'm so glad John in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, listen to what he says there. But the anointing which you have received from him, from Christ, abides in you. I'm so glad he put it in the pages so I can look at that and say, the same spirit that was in Christ is in me. Yes. In fact, those of you 
Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him, Christ, who raised Jesus from the, from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Oh God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Right there, we could ride on that. His spirit's upon us. Guys, I really believe the Lord impressed upon me to let you know he's given you the power. He's given you the enablement. He's given you the promise. See, this is the promise from God. God who never lies. Jesus, who's never lied to me. I've been a Christian for 43 years. He's never lied to me. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, Peter says there to those 120 disciples, that first outpouring, that first Pentecost, he says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Guys, he's called you. Read Ephesians. He's called you. He's chosen you. He's accepted you. He's adopted you. And he's given us this calling. It doesn't just go to a certain number of people. No, this spirit, Joel says, he pours out his spirit upon all flesh. And Jesus, so lovingly, before he took off from this earth in chapter 14 of John, chapter 16 in John, in Luke 24, 49, after his great and glorious resurrection, and he appears, listen to what he says in Luke 24, 49. Behold, check this out, I send the promise, capital P, of my Father upon you. But you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Guys, you do not want to leave this place without the endowment, without the powering of God. We cannot minister. We can't do this work. This work is too great. And this is why I'm loving the scriptures that teach us in our weakness. He makes us strong. The third person of the Holy Trinity. He is with us and he's in us. And he wants to come upon us with power for service. That's what it says there. In fact, in verse 33 of chapter 2, Peter went on to say there, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. I like that. We hear a lot about the Holy Spirit. We don't see it. But I'm telling you right now, I'm seeing it here. I'm seeing it in your eyes. I'm seeing it in you guys. Just hearing this, seeing and hearing what God is doing here in this place. Jesus in John 14, 16 says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another. I love that. Another helper, another comforter, one just like myself. We sometimes think, boy, I would love to have been with Jesus. I would love to have him next to me. Look what it says there. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter, that he may abide in you forever. The spirit of truth. I'm so glad it's in there forever. We never have to say like David, take not your spirit from me. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that good news, guys? He's with us. And he wants to come upon us in power. In fact, we all know this one, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power, dynamite, dudamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. He's called us at such a time, guys. He's called us to be his witnesses. He's called us to be his ambassadors. The Spirit of God is upon us. I'm telling you, I, I, I want to encourage you. Every service, every time before I preach, that, ver- that chapter, chapter Isaiah 6, uh, 61, I look at that. I remind myself, okay, God, you're with me. You're upon me. You're going before me. There's so many promises. You know, we, uh, uh, about two years ago, we went through the, the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah 58, 11, listen to what the Lord promised. This was a prophecy. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Anybody in drought? Anybody in drought in their marriage? Anybody drought in your ministry? This is to you. I will satisfy your soul in drought and I will strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. See, I never forgot Pentecost. I never forgot that that empowering of the Holy Spirit, experiencing him come into my life for the very first time. That love, that love that I couldn't even comprehend, this love that I, I never experienced this love before. And as Paul says in Romans 5, 5, he has poured forth such love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Guys, I'm telling you, if you're afraid, if you're filled of anxiety, perfect love casts out all fear. He's here today to relieve you of all your fears. Whatever your fear is, he wants to empower us. He wants to fill us. In Isaiah 44, 3, I'm a, I'm a scripture shower. I'm going to shower you with scriptures. Listen to Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Anybody thirsty here today? See, you got to be thirsty, guys. You got to get desperate. Lord, I need you to move in our church, Lord. I need you to move upon these people, Lord. I need you to save my city. You got to get desperate. And God says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Spring. That's his desire. Guys, today, this conference, not conference next year. Today, he wants to revive us. He wants to refresh us, restore us. That's one of the things I'm seeing with the Lord more and more, how much he loves us, guys. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, I'm coming to Philly, so I, you know, I said, ah, Lord, because I love Philly. Philly is the craziest place in the world. Philly, there's something about Philly people when they were in the prison. You know, I, I had all prisoners from all over. They're, they're just crazy. They're tough guys. But listen to what the Lord is saying. And I believe this is a word for us here. Revelations 3.8. God would say to you guys here on the East Coast, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. I'm telling you right now, there is an open door. I had Pancho Juarez and Al Pittman from uh, Colorado Springs. They did our men's conference. And also Johnny Zaccio, he's here. And it was amazing. All those speakers, they all said the same thing. This, this is unbelievable. What is going on on this East Coast? Our music, our singing. You know, this is a men's conference. You, you couldn't shut those guys up. They were just worshiping the Lord, just shouting out to God. And Al and Pancho, you know, they're from wherever they're from. They're looking at each other. What is this? 
This is incredible. And I said to him, I said, you had your revival on the West Coast. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing, guys. But this is what I want you to hear there, where the Lord says this. No one can shut that door, for you have a little strength. Don't miss that. See, we got to remind ourselves. We don't have a lot of strength. We have a little strength. But you've kept my word and you have not denied my name. I'm telling you right now, this is what I love about Calvary Chapel. We preach the word of God. We preach the word of God and we depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to touch men, to touch women, to touch lives. And this same spirit, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Guys, if you could just see the one who is lofty, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, who is making intercession for you and I right now. He is praying over us right now. There is more for us than against us. I'm telling you, I'm seeing it. You're going to think I'm a flake, but I'm over there leaning against the wall, and I could have swore I saw angels. I'm going, Bob, you're just nervous. You're, you're going to be speaking. But I swear, I, could, I, I, I thought I saw angels running around in this place. God is on the move. For such a time as this, guys, we have, to, we have to recognize our dependency upon the Holy Spirit because the world is bad. The world is full of great wickedness. When we see those things, especially attacking our kids, the, the curriculum, the gender, the identity, the sex education, all that bizarrity, kindergartens, fourth graders, such perversity. It's all on the rise, guys. It's all on the rise. Suicides on the rise. It's a big thing up in our way. Young people, they want to just check out. Suicide. Alcoholism. You know, where I live, listen, when I, when I grew up, I grew up in Yonkers, and, and you go to the liquor store, and you would get a bottle, and you, you, you wrap it in a paper bag, and you walk home, and you, you know... Now people, my, 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 I, I shop at ShopRite, right next to it is a liquor store, and people got the shopping carts. They're just boozing out. They're just overwhelmed with this world. Drug use, all these things. Young people today, parents aren't staying married. If they do stay together, it's because they can't afford a divorce. One lives downstairs, one lives upstairs. I see it more and more. These young kids, they're being brought up by the phone. That's their identity. That's everything. It's that phone that's bringing them up. You know, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times, demonic times, treacherous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power. This is the world we're living in today, guys. This is what we're up against here today. But you know, when you look at the early church, 
when you study the book of Acts, when you look at those books that you guys got that were given to us, especially about the early church, you could see they were facing Rome. They were facing Caesar. They were facing slavery, butchery, upheavals, uh, perversion, drunkenness. But they all came into contact with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what kept them. That's the key. Not their own strength. 59 times in the book of Acts, it repeats over and over again. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And the Holy Spirit was with Paul. The Holy Spirit was with Philip. The Holy Spirit was with Peter. Again and again. Never failing them. Giving them comfort. Giving them help. In fact, this text jumped off the pages at me. It's Acts chapter 9, 31. Write it down. It says, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace. During this crazy time, during this hectic time, to be a Christian, you were kicked out. I mean, I'm in the book of Hebrews and reading about what the early saints went through. But it says the churches throughout all these places, they had peace. They were edified. That word edified, it speaks of being enlightened. They were enlightened. They were instructed. They had the word of the Lord. And they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they multiplied. That's what they were experiencing. I'm seeing this verse. I'm seeing it happening, especially where I'm from. Again, they never heard of Calvary Chapel. And now I'm seeing, as our church is growing and more churches are growing, and I'm seeing such a move of the Spirit. See, the key is there was a real dependency upon the Holy Spirit. You heard that quote by Tozer, where he said, if you were to go and take, remove the Holy Spirit from the early church, 90% of what they were doing would just cease. But sadly, today, if you were to just take, take the Holy Spirit, nothing would be done, nothing in fact, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 5.15. Look at this text here. This is for us, guys. Because this is talking about the time we're living in. In fact, you better have highlighted in your Bible, Ephesians 5.18, to be being filled with the Spirit of God. This is the key. Paul, empowered by the Spirit, Spirit of God is prompting him to write these things for us here today. He says, see then you walk circumspectly. I like that word. Walk cautiously. Be on the lookout. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the times because the days are evil. As pastors, as representatives, as assistants, as workers in the church... We need to take this verse very seriously, guys. How are you walking? How are you living? How about this? How are you living at home? Do you just shut off when you go home? It's like a church thing, and then you go home, and then it's just, what are your kids seeing? I remember when Mike McIntosh used to visit our homes, he'd take my kids. So what's Bobby really like? <laughs> what's he like at home? What's he watch on TV? Again, we got to take this text seriously. How are we living? How are we serving? Because the Paul, Paul's telling us here, the days are evil, guys. 
especially today. I was wondering if I should share this, but I'm going to share it. I watched that special by uh, the Hillsong, the three-part series. My heart was broken. I'm, I'm from New York. I'm a New York guy. And to hear what was going on there, so sad. I mean, pastors doing shots. We have a girl that comes, came to my church. She grew up in my church. And she works for ESPN. And she's, she's you know, she, I, I don't want to give too much information, but basically she was going to that church. And she was saying, what is this? 15-minute messages. What, what, what is this? And, oh, you're home. We love you. We love you. This and that. And then she was invited to the green room. And she saw pastors jumping on tables, doing shots, doing all kind of drinks. And they, uh, the one wife says, don't you just love our freedom in Christ? $4,000 sneakers. Come on, bro. What, what is that? Adultery. In Ephesians 5.17, Paul would say, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Guys, understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, but be ye being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, you guys, you taught this text. I was in the book of Ephesians. I've been in the book of Ephesians uh, twice. And it's an imperative. It is a command. This is not a suggestion here. Hey, you might want to try being filled with the Spirit. No, he's saying here to you and I, all who are present, I don't care what you do at the church. If you come and you place water here on this church, you take whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. You take it seriously. See, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, this continuing uh, filling of the Lord. I'm commanded to be filled with the Spirit daily, constantly. See, this is the mistake many people make. They don't take it seriously. Again, we're living in such terrible times, guys. In fact, you know, it's interesting. You, you read of the mar- marketing church. I get all these stupid mail. Whenever it says Reverend Hargraves, I know it's a joke. <laughs> but you got all these people telling you to be cool, be relatable. You know, uh, stuff on technology, shorter messages. Take note here, Ephesians 5, 7, Paul says, Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't be partakers with them. Verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but you are now in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You want to please the Lord, guys. I want to please the Lord. That's my key right now. I want to finish well and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Don't have nothing to do with that stuff. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, God says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Guys, I'm telling you, this is is our, our, our calling orders here. 
Paul is telling us, listen, stop the slumbering, stop the sleep. We need you now. We need the church of God. We need the men of God like never before. And we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit like never before. See, I really believe God was impressing upon me. Remind you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. We receive the complete Spirit of God. The moment you ask Christ to come into your heart, you received him. As our brother was sharing earlier, he's sealed us with his Spirit. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out. But you and I every day have the responsibility to surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, every day, daily, you take up your cross. You have a choice every day. Am I going to please the Lord? Am I going to please myself? Am I going to live after the Lord or am I going to live after myself? And the Spirit of God will come upon you. See, this is what it's telling us here over and over again. You know, I was looking at that text in Acts 7.51 where, where it's Stephen and he's speaking to the Pharisees. These religious people, they're around Jesus. And yet he says to them, you always resist the Holy Spirit. See, that's the problem, guys. We resist the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us all the time. Put the clicker down. Stop watching that. Don't go down that aisle in the supermarket. If those things are calling you, you stay away from those things. The Bible tells us we can grieve the Holy Spirit the one who loves us, the lover of our soul. We can quench the Spirit. That means we can extinguish Him in our lives because of sin. Guys, it's so good to be here at these conferences because here we can be real with God. We can be real with each other and say, pray with me and confess one to another and encourage one another in this thing called our faith. This is so important. What's in our hearts? What's, what, what are we letting in? Is pride still in there? Is hatred in there? Is pornography in there? Is drunkenness in there? Is pills? You're still getting high? I mean, these are the things. These are, these, these are the serious things. We need to do it in the work of the Spirit. That's the key right here. You know, when I think of the work of the Spirit and doing things the way God wants us to do, I always think of David, King David. He, you know the, the account at 2 Samuel chapter 6, he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, but he doesn't do it God's way, he does it man's way. See, I think there's a lot of us that are still doing church our way. I found myself going through that dilemma. You know, you know, people, hey, can you shorten your services? Hey, do you always have to teach from the Bible? Can you do series? No, and you're tempted because, again, you love the Lord. You want to reach people. You see some of these churches. But I always remember that account because there David does it his way. The first verse there, verse 1, says that he got all the good-looking people in Israel, the 30,000. And he put the ark on a new cart. And he got Uzzah, Uzzah, whose name means Mr. Strength. And you got Ahio, he's, he's the brother. That's what his name means. So you got the faces of the church. You got the new cart. You got the hype and all these things. But you know the rest of the story. Uzzah reached out and touched the glory of God. And what happened? It killed him. 
Guys, I really believe the Holy Spirit impressed that upon me for, for many people in the ministry today. Never touch the glory. I'll never forget the first time I spoke at Pastor Lloyd's church and he had, he had that statue, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the guys carrying it. And I'll never forget him telling me, Bob, I put that on my desk because I always want to remind myself, you never touch the glory of God. It was A.C. Dixon who says, when we rely on organizations, we get, or, we get what organizations can do. When we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely on the eloquence, we get what eloquence can do. But when we rely upon the Holy Spirit, we get what God can do. That's right. How about this, guys? How many times have you heard this? Galatians 3.3. 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? You get that way. You, you, you start grasping. You got to get, well, this guy's doing it down the street and it's working. Jesus would say this to us. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I really believe that, guys. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, two years ago, I got desperate. I got desperate. The ministry was hard. Everything just seemed overwhelming to me. I started looking at that thing and I started reminding myself that verse jumped off the pages. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And God started telling me, get back, get back to me. Get back to the gift. Get back to the promise. You didn't deserve it then. You don't deserve it now. Receive it. Come to me willingly. Jesus would say to us, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But guess what? He's glorified. He's at the right hand of the Father and he's saying to us, guys, are you thirsty? Come to me. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I want to give you rest for your soul. I want to give you power from on high. It's for us, guys. You know, when I was preparing, I started going through all my books. You want to know the best book? Chuck Smith's book. Living Water. That's the best book. But it was interesting. I, I went to that book, that, that spiritual leadership book. Great book. And chapter 10 calls it this, that chapter. The indispensable requirement. The thing that is most essential, most crucial. The whole chapter is about yielding and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Spirit of God? Joe, I, I, I see, he, he, I, I think there's, there's more copies in the bookstore. But that book that, that's called They Found the Secret. And it takes some 20 different guys whose lives were transformed. D.L. Moody, uh, all these, these big name people. Hudson Taylor, Oswald Chambers, radically changed because they just submitted to the Spirit of God. They recognize, I need you, God. It's interesting, D.L. Moody, who I love, I love reading about because he's that great evangelism. 
he had these two women that would just sit and they would just pray. And he's like, what's wrong with these ladies? And then finally he was introduced to them. They say, we pray for you, uh, Pastor Moody. He's like, that's great. Thanks for praying for me. No, we pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your life. And he had this experience. I like it. It was in New York because that's where it's happening, in New York. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he says this, the sermons were not different, but the servant was. The truths were not new, but now they were pungent and penetrating. A few had been converted before, now converts came by the hundreds. Before it had been the earnest energy and the tireless drive of the man, now it was the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've been going through this thing for, you know, the last two years and, you know, Easter comes and, you know, I've been doing this my 28th time. And so you're thinking, what am I going to share? What am I going to do? So I'm at the gym and I'm on the treadmill and and I always go to Pastor. I steal everything from Pastor Joe. I feel guilty like I should tie them or something, but (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm listening to the, the message on Mephibosheth. And it was the goodness or the gentleness, the kindness of God. I give that message. I don't know. What, what was I thinking? I mean, just try to say Mephibosheth five times. You know? And, and, and so here we are. Like, we rent out the Civic Center. So you're talking 26, 2,700 people there. And I'm sharing. I didn't even get through with the message. And people started coming forward. You can watch it. You can watch it online. It was sick. We had 75 Bibles. We ran out of Bibles to give to people. And the Spirit of God was saying to me, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See, what it takes is a surrendered heart. God, I'm willing to surrender. And A.W. Tozer says this, though every believer has the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not have every believer. See, that's the problem. We're still doing things in our own strength. I got this, God. I I don't need you. But see, we got to come to that place where we realize the world we're living in today, we got to get desperate and say, God, I need you to move upon these people's lives. See, this is what God is trying to show us here. I'm seeing it. So I'm telling you guys, get serious about your walk with the Lord. Get serious about what you're attaching yourself to. Listen, I've been a Christian for 43 years. I've been a pastor for 28 years. And I think Gary shared how there's some pastors, they're not here with us anymore. And you hear about their stories and you just hear about their fallings. It doesn't have to happen to any of us here. If we'll take what God is saying to us and we take it seriously. You know, again, just thinking of the Holy Spirit. Uh, D.L. Moody, he says this, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride, selfishness, ambition, everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride, conceit, ambition, and the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. And then he says this, there must be an emptying before there is a filling. Your life may be powerless because you have never given complete control to the Lord. And maybe that needs to happen. It needs to happen today, guys. 
Paul would say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He loved us. He died for us. Uh, the phone's ringing. No. <laughs> Genesis 1-2. We read there when the Holy Spirit first appears. And I'm ending, so you know I'm ending. Genesis 1-2. It talks about the Spirit of God coming on the scene of the world. The world was dark. It was formless. It was purposeless. And the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit brought life. It was interesting. I was looking at Deuteronomy 32, 11, and that's the second time, or actually verse 10, and it's the second time you read that word hovering, and it speaks of the Holy Spirit again. This time the Holy Spirit, he is hovering over Jacob, and I love Jacob. Anytime I read Jacob, that's me. I'm a Jacob. And listen to what it says there. He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, found him, Jacob, in the desert land and in the wasteland of a, a, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading over its wings, taking them up and carrying them on wings. So the Lord alone led him and there was no foreign God in him. I love that picture. God is hovering over this place right now, guys. That verse, we all know it, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him, whose hearts would turn to him and look to him and realize unless God fills me, it's not going to happen. I'm going to end with this story. My wife, a couple of weeks ago, she shared at the women's conference, the pastor's conference, pastor's wives' conference. And I forgot about this, and I was reminded of this. We had been doing the church for about three years at this time. Things were cooking. People are coming. And we were in the book of Ephesians. In fact, we had been in the book of Ephesians. We, we finished with John's gospel. We got into Ephesians. Ephesians, I loved it. Chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We come into chapter 6. And I, you, know, you know it's about spiritual warfare. I'm downstairs. I'm going through my notes. My wife is upstairs because she was doing the music at this time. My daughter, Christina, she's our middle daughter. She's seven years old at this time. She was playing with her friends, so she leaned over the rail. There was a 15-foot drop down. She went down face first. Blood everywhere, everywhere. You know, working in the prison, you just, you, you just, you know, just seem. And my wife, I'll never forget her scream. My wife's an RN nurse, and she screamed. She said, Bobby, call 911. I called. And you know that. The, you know, the, the, thank God for the fire department. They were right there. The ambulance was there. They take her up to the trauma center. You know, my wife, when she shares in her testimony, she says, this was the thing I feared most. You know, she was married to me. That was enough for her. That was a ride. Like, she's, this guy's nuts. But uh, she said, Lord... I serve you, I love you, but please don't let nothing happen to my kids. And so this was the thing she feared most, and it was bad. 
You know, you normally go into those places. You're trying to talk to someone. Nobody will talk to you. There was an x-ray technician. I'll never forget him. My brother Michael was right next to me there. And I says, how is she going to do? And he goes, I don't think she's going to make it. But I'm telling you this story. I'm telling you this account because the Spirit of God came upon me like never before. Because of the Word of God, the living Word, the Spirit was just speaking to me. Bobby, don't you listen to him. You look to me. You believe on me. In fact, in verse 13 of that text, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on the evil day, having done all to stand. I was reminded right away, okay, Lord, I struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, wickedness, and high places. I'm looking to you, Lord. I have nothing but you, Lord. And that verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't you stand in your might. You stand in the power of his might. And I'm telling you, he just began to fill me like never before. You talk about the hovering over, the protection. He was reminding me, I'm with you. I've always been with you. I've never left you, never forsaken you. And the book of God became so alive to me. The peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards your heart and mind. I'm telling you guys, it filled my heart like never before. It was interesting. They said to me, because my wife was just, she was out of it, and, and they said, you need to go give information. And you know, you sit down there, you're giving information, you're telling them Blue Cross, all this stuff. I wanted to give them Blue Cross, but I'm a Christian. But I'll never forget, there's these two girls, and they're giving their information. And the woman says to her, well, what's your religion? And they both looked at each other. They said, we're born-again Christians. And I said, girls, you're born-again Christians? My daughter just came in here. Can you pray for her? They got right down on their knees, and they began to pray. It was powerful. But l- listen, this is the battle we're in, guys, because we had a heliparter down, so I'm in the helicopter with her. I fly there with her. I get there first before anyone else, and you've been in those emergency rooms. There's the curtains, right? To the left of my daughter, there's a little kid, the boy, girl, I forget what it was, in there for a car accident. The one next to her was another little girl, I think. She had a drowning. She was, she was involved with a drowning. And the devil is such a liar, he kept saying, your daughter's going to die. Your daughter's going to die. And sure enough, the flat line on the person on the left. And the parents were there, and I watched them, and they were just broken, devastated. And then the next one, the same thing. And the devil was saying, your daughter's next, your daughter's next. But can I tell you, the God we serve is so powerful, so great, that God just quenched all those things. And he reminded me of who he is. In fact, in Isaiah, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. The spirit of the Lord will do it. And to God be the glory. I wish I had a picture I could show you. She is beautiful. She has two, two children. In fact, my first grandson. But again, all to God be the glory. And I say this, I say this story to you because Satan wanted to destroy our church. We were a small church, but God was doing incredible things. And guess what? The gates of hell did not prevail. God overcame those things. So guys, I'm, I'm closing. This is it. 
My question to you is, are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, it's interesting. Jesus had to say to a church, the church at Ephesus, after sharing all these things some 30 years later, and imagine John is the pastor of the church at Ephesus. And Jesus comes knocking on his door and he says, I know your works, your labors, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. You have persevered and have patience and you have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. But nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, you're going to have to ask Pastor Joe, I'm really not sure what that means. I'll remove your lampstand from its place. But that is not going to happen, guys, because today we're going to pray and whatever it is, whatever you're still toying with, whatever's in the way, guys, stop it. It ends now. You start now. You start fresh. You believe in him. You trust in him. In fact, I'm going to ask you all to stand, and I'm going to ask you to lean over. Listen, if you don't want to be touched, just tell the person, don't touch me. But, <laughs> but you should. You should have them pray over you. So let's all pray for one another right now. I'd ask Brian, come on up, Brian. Father in heaven, Lord, Lord, we pray for one another. These are our brothers. Lord, we need each other. United we stand, divided we fall. Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit today, Lord. Lord, I remember that. I remember that time when I prayed and I said, Lord, please fill me, Lord. Fill me with your Spirit. I don't want to play church no more. I want it to be real, Lord. I know you're in me. I know you're in me. But Lord, what is keeping you from overpowering me? I need your peace. I need your joy. I need your love. I need your power, God. And so, Lord, I'm just praying with my brothers right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would raise us up, that you would rise in us, especially in these times, Lord. Lord, that we will see, we will see the moving of your spirit like never before. Lord, we recognize we have a little strength. We need you. We need your empowering. Lord, will you fill my men? Will you fill these guys here today? Fill my brothers with your spirit like never before. I pray, as Moody described it, as love just filling from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, an overwhelming love for Jesus Christ, an overwhelming love that casts out all fear. Holy Spirit, please fill us today, Lord. Change us. Lord, we don't want to play church. Lord, we want to be used of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.